Off the ball. He's an absolute rascal. He sits there with a hand grenade, and every time there's a, there's a lull in the conversation, <laughs> he just gets one out and lobs it in. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts, and download the OTB Sports app. Football on Off The Ball With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports This is Football Saturday all the way until five folks uh, with uh, John Duggan in the chair with Dan McDonnell beside me and Johnny Ward down from the Irish Independent and Mark Lawrenson the uh, former Liverpool and Ireland defender is on the line um, in terms of football what's going on at the moment well Crystal Palace has just scored against Bournemouth that is subject to VAR but uh, that's a 1-0 lead down at Selhurst Park Eze he's had a really, having a really good season at Eze uh, Man United 1 Wolves 0 Anthony Martial Southampton 0 Fulham 0 no half-five game today Chelsea 0 Forest 1 Awani and that is a massive goal for Ars because Leeds were held to a two-all draw by Newcastle earlier Villa 1 Spurs 0 coming up to half-time Sunderland Luton in the Championship playoff the other one tomorrow is Coventry Middlesbrough so some Irish lads involved Daryl Lennon for Middlesbrough Luke McNally for Coventry being mentioned to Dan's colleague uh, Aidan O'Hara as well who's probably the only I actually know two Luton Town fans my mate at home um, met him recently actually hadn't seen him in years he used to live in Luton so he became a Luton Town fan but I don't know what Aidan's uh, excuse is I know, there it's, it's is, an obscure one there, anyway. there is one but they, they, they do exist Yeah, probably something to do with when they came to the fore I was only listening to a podcast yesterday with Mick Harford actually yeah. um, mm. uh, sort of a, a, a Mick Harford's career um, and uh, some colourful stories but he's obviously Mr. Uh, Mr. Luton but uh, yeah the championship the, the championship I used to, did you play against Mick Harford uh, Laura I'm trying to think did you have cross yeah. paths yeah oh yeah we used to, used to get battered by him on a regular basis yeah yeah. He was abs- he was he was brutal. I mean, he was he was he was a decent player, but he just he just wanted to smash you all the time. But I, I also, if you remember, David Pleat was manager of Luton for a while, and they were a really good footballing team. Some really good players. Four or five of them went on to play for England. Mm. Mm. You had the Steens. You had uh, Ricky Hill. Yeah, Walshie, Paul Walsh. Mal Donaghy played for Northern Ireland. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and it's incredible. Luton went down just before the Premier League sort of came into being, and and now they're in the shake up to return. I mean, they came. I mean, they came third. Like they are, they they should win the playoffs. You know, if right. you be- if you believe that uh, there was a young Irish guy who played for Ireland. I was I was it Louis Watson or Louis Watson. Yeah, there's a few. I mean, Shawnee Maguire is a Coventry as well, but hasn't really played since he's gone there. So there's a few involved that they'll probably. You know, not not maybe all the Irish stories you would want. You know, like West Brom obviously looked good for a while. Um, Preston, as 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 Laura would know, we're we're in the shake up, but ultimately just not good enough. Um, so yeah. there, there would have been sort of uh, the, you, a, a month or a month ago or so back, you might have thought there could be more interest in the in the playoffs. But um, yeah, McNally's on loan at Coventry from Burnley and has done really well since he's gone there. Both from Mead actually, the two lads are slightly unusual considering Mead didn't have a senior international. Evan Ferguson. Evan Ferguson there we go there's your second Evan Ferguson um, mentioned at 343 um, three, three lads from Mead yeah, yeah it's sort of like, I mean I know some of them are the Mead sprawling out from, from Dublin and, and you, you'll, you'll annoy people by talking about yeah. that but um, but yeah Daryl Lenehan would be a good story I mean Daryl Lenehan went to Blackburn you know, as a kid and had injury issues, was almost looked like going to be a one club man but then has gone to Middlesbrough and he's one who could actually you know, it'd be very, very interesting to see how he would do in the Premier League if he went up. A pretty versatile defender can play in a back three, a back four. Came and played in that Ireland game against Ukraine last year. Did absolutely fine mm. over in Poland, but then pretty much hasn't been involved since. So yeah, it'd be great. I mean, it's a good story either way. I don't know what's going to happen with McNally. Burnley have obviously gone up. Um, 
So is he going to be part of our plans? You know, would it be part of Coventry's plans if they went up? But again, Coventry, like Luton, Coventry, Middlesbrough, Sunderland, you're sort of, um, you're getting a, a, a sort of a traditional team yes. there as opposed to sort of a, a new money team. Traditional I, fish and chips. I, I, think, I think Coventry, I think Coventry Laurel lost like the first six or seven games and were not, like yeah. nowhere near mapped. McNally in fairness only came in on loan and then um, they have massive momentum because like they've gone, they've had an amazing 2023 and I, I, I firmly think going into the playoffs with momentum is huge. Yeah, they. Well, I'm right in thinking. I don't, don't think they played at home for about six weeks, did they? Yeah. Wasn't they, there a problem with? Well, there was a problem with the pitch. But I tell you, I tell you, the three managers of obviously Coventry, uh, Luton, and who's the other one? Um, Millwall. They've done. They've done brilliantly. You know, if you if you if you look, if you're that that league table in the championship of um, wages, yeah, they they would they would be in the bottom six, all three, and they, and they've done brilliantly. Yeah. yeah, Millwall. Millwall kind of oh, had a Millwall big wobble on the last. Away, didn't yeah, they, they, they were three, three one up at half time. Yeah. Gary Rabbit, yeah, like they've done really, done really well. And it has been a sort of a strange season in the championship that like Norwich completely underperformed. You probably would have thought yeah. they would be one of the ones. And there's probably one or two other obvious ones, you know, that you you, you would imagined. And like even you know Preston would be one of the lowest wage bills as well. Twentieth, twentieth, is 20th. it? Yeah, that's mad. Yeah. yeah, and then the other end of the table, you have Reading went down after the the points deduction. And you know some some very underperforming, decent sized clubs. You know, um, so I mean the Wigan situation was crazy. Like players weren't being paid in the in the last week or so of the season there, yeah. and, and they had you know a, a takeover last year and looked like they were in a good in a good state. So. I, it's just, I think it's going to be a good story whoever comes up yeah. in that I think either way you could, you could, there's a good angle to it I mean Sunderland have sort of come in the back door Tony Mowbray um, that would be a nice nice story for Michael them. Carrick at Middlesbrough yeah Michael Carrick and then um, yeah Mark Robbins of course yeah. save Ferguson's life yeah. in football the other thing the other thing as well John is that I mean you talk about Tony Mowbray Blackburn just let his contract run down yeah mm. Yeah. And he just said, "Oh, well, thanks very much, Tony. You've done your job, but off you go." So, how, how sweet it is for him where he's finished in regard to where uh, Blackburn has finished. Yeah, and Blackburn actually got him into the playoffs too, which is the irony of it by coming back yeah. against Millwall seventh. Yeah, uh, yeah. With Yondal Thomason, the manager of uh, Blackburn, yeah. so it's a, it's a mad old division. Like it hasn't. Been, I know we we're going to talk about the Irish year in it. Like, it's, I mean, Josh Cullen has gone up, which is brilliant, um, and John Egan. Um, and company signed a new deal there. Yeah, well. and we'll see. Like Obafemi, I think that deal has to be made permanent, although he hasn't really been playing for Burnley as much, and then. Ender Stevens has been injured. You sort of forget Ender Stevens is still at Sheffield United. So, um, but definitely, the Cullen has been one of the players' player of the year there, and I think one of the other fans' awards. So it's going to be great for him. He's someone who will go up and play every week. You would think in the Premier League, yeah. Um, and Egan, you would imagine, will go up and play every week in the Premier League for Sheffield United too. Um, it's just maybe a couple of the other players, like maybe you're looking at Norwich, maybe again Ida, uh, Mama Badele sort of had stop start seasons. Um, Ogbeni you presume will move on from Rotherham now and see where he goes like James McLean and Wigan were relegated um, you know the Reading you know Shane Long Jeff Hendrick were at Reading they went down um, so it's been a bit of a mixed bag 
of a of a year for our players at at that level. Like um, you know, Tom Cannon at Preston's been one of the good news stories. A couple of other players have just had okay seasons. You know, Parrot had an okay season. Um, mm-hmm. and there's probably a lot more of them in that bracket that their season was fine. Darrow Shea was doing very well at West Brom and then got injured. Got injured. Yeah. Uh, Jason Malumbi actually had a good season at West Brom and probably no harm. You know he'll 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 benefit from a full season at at, at West Brom as as a team that would probably fancy their chances. I would imagine next year, but yeah, just a, it's just an okay season for our players there. I think Luton Town in the eighties had this plastic pitch. That's right, I remember pitches. that. Yeah, uh, anybody remembers oh. it? It was like it, it wasn't AstroTurf. It was I don't know what it was. Mm. Um, Laura, you played? I'm sure you played in it, did you? Played in it. Well, I, I remember we got beat on it. It was a, it was frozen, and you know what they did. They chucked sand on it as well. And it was if you went down, you just cut your legs. It was it was absolutely horrendous, seriously. And we kept moaning to the referee, mind you, we were crap on the day. We kept moaning to the ref, and he just kept shrugging his shoulders. We kept saying, "You can't play in this; it's impossible." But they beat us that day. I'm sure it wasn't uh, wasn't good. The other one, talking about plastic pitches, was uh, QPR. Yeah, QPR. And it, it, it it was basically like it was uh, like wooden underneath. The grass and some of it had worn away, and it, the ball never went out of play. It would just kind of curl, curl in, and kept in play all the time. That was, uh, in fact, that was Venables talking about Terry Venables, wasn't it? That was his team played on it. Yeah, Ken, Ken. Like a hockey like a hockey pitch. Like a lot, like a lot of people listening, yeah. listen here would play five aside, and they would know the, mm. the feeling. Of oh, it's hor- oh. horrible. Kenilworth Road capacity is a. Uh, 10,356 according to Wikipedia now I, I think they have plans to move but you, you, a lot of people listening in will be familiar with one of the entrances which is literally a little bit of a hole in a in a street that just does not look like a football ground I think it's the uh, yeah the Oaks the Oaks stand and you know when you think Shamrock Rovers will have a, a capacity of similar yeah. to that uh, in a few months so if Luton were to go up a capacity crowd of 10,300 yeah. old it w- school it would be the best story probably if they went up I mean considering they went down to the conference and they come back up mm. and I, I I mean they've obviously got investment along the way but it's not quite one where they've it's not, like, it. it's not like a Wrexham style sort of investment yeah. you know the, the fairy tale <laughs> of Wrexham you know the fairy hey, tale Hey Token guys just, just talking to that Notts County 1-0 down against Chesterfield Yeah no, I saw that uh, but, Yeah and the thing, the thing is about that they got over 100 points I mean, how, how ridiculous is that? So they get 100, over 100 points and finish second and, and have to go and play in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, what's yeah, all hard that about? Get into the, but the size, the size of that club, Notts County, as well. I watched a bit of their game last week, the the comeback against Boreham Wood. And I, I'm obviously, like, it's great. There's a great upturn in attendances here at home at the moment, and it's great. And actually, what you've seen in recent years in, in England is that you have some pretty small clubs, actually, in League Two at the moment, even League One, in terms of, mm. like, their reach, like Forest Green and, and, and you know, their attendances would be pretty small. But then you have, like, Notts County, who look at over 20,000 people at their games. The oldest professional yeah. Club in the world, Indeed. yeah, like yeah. 62. Yeah. Now it's kind of like you know, like uh, unbelievable attendances. And Chesterfield with Paul Cook as the manager at Chesterfield, of course, who'd be well, well familiar to people in the in the game here. And in Chesterfield, like that's sort of, uh, it was there a couple of years ago when Ireland were playing uh, Holland in the Under Seventeen Championships. An amazing facility, but that'd be a fifth tier facility. That is a fifth tier facility mm. um, yeah. in England at the moment, which is sort of like you, the the depth of the system and the ladder over there is like it's, it's well. When you look at the coefficients, they're number one. Mm. Yeah. So. Oh, but I mean, it's just then you'd see like these smaller clubs like Barrow and a few clubs that have got up in Harrogate, and they wouldn't have half the tradition of like some of these clubs in the conference or the national league over there. I mean, genuinely like huge clubs like Notts County 
I mean, it's sort of scary when you think about it. They got that many points. But Sven ended up there once, didn't he? Sven? Yeah. 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 Jack yeah, Grealish yeah. was on loan there a couple of years ago. Was Jack it? Grealish was on loan at Notts County. That's where he would have played, and Graham Burke as well, and quite a few, um, you know, been Irish players there in various various capacities, you know. Uh, Stormers 24 Connacht 13 not looking great for Connacht to reach that URC final Leinster Munster half 5 star Shelburne 2 DLR Waves nil in the Women's National League Bolton nil, Barnsley nil at the moment in that um, playoff which is ongoing uh, we've obviously got Sunderland as I said against um, Luton at half 5 this is the League 1 playoff Bolton Barnsley Rangers beat Celtic 3-0 earlier on but it's immaterial because Celtic are the Scottish Premiership champions in the Premier League uh, games half times now Villa 1, Spurs 0, Jacob Ramsey, Chelsea 0, Forrest 1. Awani for Forrest. What a win that would be because Leeds drew 2 all with Newcastle earlier. Palace 1, Bournemouth 0. The goal scored there by Eze. Man United 1, Wolves 0. This is a sleepy late end of season game for Man U but look, it's important that they win it. Uh, Anthony Martial with the goal, Southampton 0, Fulham 0. Does Lampard go down as like one of the worst appointments ever? Because like, <laughs> it's not even Lampard's fault. It's not, it, but it's just like, what? What was the logic in that? Steve like Staunton as well. And it wasn't. The no, best. but it was Stan, In fairness to Stan, Stan was relatively unexposed as a manager. Whereas Lampard is exposed as not being very good as it is. He's not. He's been exposed as being a bad manager actually. In in the knowledge that we have of him, and you bring you you, you bring him into Chelsea, which is a massive job, and they're in the Champions but, League. But I can understand why they did it because they wanted to appoint a full time manager, which is probably going to be Pochettino in the summer. So they wanted some to you know be in a holding position why That's Lampard just because he played with them was, was, it, was, it, was it not James Corden's decision have I, have yeah. I read the news wrong? have I read the news wrong it was like Corden who are we going to go for here it's like I flick through my phone book and who, who, yeah, who do well, I find you know, Lampard was probably like what me what <laughs> Um, I don't know. Like it's hard to take anything. If you're offered anything good in life, it's very hard to turn it down, Johnny. I'm not. I'm not giving out about Lampard, but like, how how can a club be run in a way that you've so much on the line? And you because because the Premier, the Premier League is a shiny show, toy for people business. with a yeah. lot of money yeah. and, and, and and not not a in depth understanding. Say what you like about the Saudis, but like Eddie, like how is an extremely good manager? Like and Newcastle are absolutely. No, but 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 it seems like they've just like to, told Amanda Stavely go and run it there, and they mm. brought in one of the best guys. Dan Ashworth is the technical director who was at yeah. FA in Brighton yeah. uh, how and they've said okay let's just let this be a slow burn rather than spending seven billion dollars mm. out of um, on transfers nothing to do with the government of course no you, you can't actually say what you like about Saudis in certain places um, even though you're wearing Saudi green today so um, <laughs> khaki green yeah yeah. no you're the khaki you're the Vietnam uh, so that's what's going on in the Premier League Mark Lawrenson uh, with us between 4 and 5 going to talk about Liverpool Man United Kerry winning their first ever game in the League of Ireland and uh, the defeat for Bohemians which allowed Tremac Rovers go top of the table last night and also embarrassing behaviour at football matches Alf Ingehal and dad um, had to uh, leave the premises the other day at the Real Madrid uh, game and the best atmospheres folks 5-3-1-6 the best atmospheres you've ever been at at a football game we saw AC Milan Inter Milan during the week an incredible atmosphere you could see it seep through the TV we're back after the news And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you three to five. Want to say before we get into the football, Gaelic football wise, congratulations to Kildare. 117 to Sligo's 12 points there. The Air Grid under 20 All Ireland football champions. Well done to the Lily Whites and a great evening in store for them. And commiserations to Sligo. Remember, football 
the Association Football that is on Off the Ball brought to you by Sky proud partner and supporter of the Republic of Ireland women's national team we're here until five with uh, Mark Lawrence on the line the former Republic of Ireland defender and Liverpool legend and in studio Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent and the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward uh, anybody who's watching us on the digital and social channels will notice that um, both Dan and Johnny are wearing green shirts but uh, Johnny's is more Vietnam khaki and Dan's is more Masters green I, yeah, this is yeah. entirely coincidental. Um, but uh, I, I did note you uh, giving so, giving the uh, our fans a, uh, an update on the uh, listenership figures, JD. So we're all delighted. Oh, it was a thank you, thank you. Yeah, and uh, yeah, as you say, figures go up and down, but ours just go up, and we'll never <laughs> tell when they go down anymore. So just going to go up, and uh, yeah, the figures but, are good. Well, they went down. He's in the sort of a comical alley khaki, as you yeah. can see. Yeah. There. yeah, they went down three months ago, and then they've gone up a bit again, and that's the yeah. madness of it. Look, it's it's more about how the show sounds, isn't it? But look, it's better that they go up than they go down. What what, what is the secret to its notional? It's success? you, Johnny. You are the secret. It's, it's the Evan Ferguson. Gathering. It's the hot takes, but Evan hot Ferguson. Takes. Smoking hot takes, yeah. Um, I don't know. People, people just like listen to us on a. Well, they listen anyway. Well, I'm not sure if they like listen, but they listen on a Saturday. We, we, we're getting into Golden Clark territory here. I think just a small yeah. bit, yeah. yeah but uh, yeah, thanks to everyone for enjoying the show, and hopefully we have a few more to come. Yeah, it could be for one till three, John. To be clear, uh, huh? No suggestion is for three till five. Oh, actually, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah, it's not all about you. We've uh, Mark Lawrence and chuckling <laughs> away in the background there. Mark Lawrence is a. Uh, a legend of, uh, of 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 big audience from the BBC all those years ago. Um, Laro, uh, what do you think of the early game? Leeds, Newcastle, not enough maybe for Leeds. They probably needed to win. Yeah, they probably needed to win. Um, obviously, if you miss penalties, it, it's not good. But there's 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 no question about the fight. There's no question about they looked a little bit better organised. Uh, under Big Sam, so that so that so that was a bonus. I thought obviously um, Newcastle were a better team and really should have won the game. But from Leeds' point of view, it's they'll, they'll feel good. I think they might need a, a win and a draw from the last two to to stay up, John. To be honest with you, because it's um, there's something about just about the way that they play. It's it's all too hectic all the time, and there are too many players playing with their heads down. Um, which you know, Big Sam at the time, he'd obviously be able to sort out but at the moment it's just a matter now of, of as I say getting the last two games out of the way but also getting those points if possible Yeah Fireman Sam Jacob Ramsey scored for Aston Villa 1-0 against Spurs uh, Man United Wolves Southampton Fulham Palace Bournemouth Chelsea Forest it was a bit of a madcap game as Lawrence said It was yeah I mean I think the whole relegation picture like that Everton win in Brighton on Monday has probably thrown people you know it's probably one mm-hmm. that you would have looked at it on paper and thought Brighton are flying. That's not, and now Everton have suddenly really put the squeeze on, on everyone there. Um, so you're in a situation where maybe before Monday, if you'd said to Leeds, you'd draw this game, you'd probably think, okay, you know, you probably you would sort of take it. Um, but obviously, it's a slightly different scenario. Yeah, it was a bit madcap. Um, I completely agree. Like you, you, with Laura's take, you, you even just see like the. Like I mean, like Newcastle still have greater quality. Like I mean, football's about players ultimately. Like they have better players, you know, and better decisions. And um, there was one or two times in the first half actually when Newcastle weren't really at it today, and Leeds just weren't good enough to maybe punish them at times. And I mean, then you have the penalty incidences. You have uh, the red card late on. It was just a, yeah, it was a sort of a typical late season game maybe in a way, um, where the stakes are really high. Um, so there's a, there's a frantic element to it, um, but the application from both sides wasn't wasn't top notch and um, I don't know how Newcastle even end up feeling about it because we'll see what happens at Manchester United and Wolves but they're 
everyone's doing their best to open the door for Liverpool to make a run into that top four pitcher as well. You sort of feel like it's beyond them. And then, uh, you know, if that finishing a defeat for Newcastle today, you're just looking at it and thinking maybe, maybe not here. A fan pushed Eddie Howe in the technical yeah. area, which is pretty unsavoury stuff um, towards the end of the game. What's the what's the temperature like on Merseyside about Everton? Sean Dyche, the miracle man, he's there. He's there, Sam Allardyce. Um, I think the, the, it's all about can they wear the pink shirt at home, isn't it? Right. Don't, don't they win games uh, when they wear when they wear that pink kit? Um, look, you know, we, we know it's City at the weekend, and I don't. I think I think it was last season, John, where <laughs> excuse me, didn't City get away with a blatant penalty that yeah, should have been yeah. given against them? And and I think the Evertonians will remember that. I think they will remind the referee before it starts. And you know, regardless of the team that Everton will put out, they they they, they will have a real real go because um, the supporters there demand it. It will be the first time if they do go out the league they've ever been out of the league. So that that's a massive thing. We've got the new stadium at Branley Dock, which is going up by the day and looks like it's going to be fantastic. But it, unfortunately, it may look like they might have to be playing in the Championship. When it, when it starts, but they, they will they will fight they they will fight City and what and what does what does the manager do in terms of um, I don't I, I don't mean Sean Dice obviously I'm, I, I mean the, the, the top manager probably arguably in the world at the moment which which rotates be, his team or rotates his team plays like Foden and Maras and and Phillips these kind of players yeah I th- I think that's what it, what's what he'll probably look at but it's it's a balancing act isn't it as well and. And you know, if, if you if you change too many, and it takes you twenty minutes to get in the game, you, you might be one down. I mean, look, if if they play anything like City, they they will win. But you, you just don't know, dear. I mean, um, was it Fulham the other week with City? Fulham gave yeah, them a, a, yeah. a really really good game. Um, you know, so you just never know. And the other thing is, you, you don't know what's going on in players' heads. As in, you know, they're thinking, oh massive game Wednesday Real Madrid could be in the final of the Champions League and the thing is John if, if you're 10% off at this level it's a big big thing you have to play at 100 in, a, in every single game and and the other thing as well is if you're a bit 10% off sometimes it leads it, you know you, you end up getting injured because you kind of almost oh shall I shan't I those kind of stuff so be, be interesting it'd be a good game to watch that I think it really will that will be another 100 mile an hour game and if you want to listen to it you can here on News Talk tomorrow we've got commentary of that game and Arsenal Brighton it's looking at the running lads uh, City have Chelsea at home Brighton and Brentford away Arsenal have uh, Forest away but they also have Brighton and Wolves at home so Arsenal have an easier run and if City do slip up there is a chink of an opening for Arsenal Hard to see it. I mean, I wouldn't be confident Arsenal beat Brighton tomorrow. Um, Arsenal's form has been patching over the last month or so. They did um, overcome Chelsea last week comfortably, but in general, um, you know, I thought they were very poor in the Man City game, JD. I thought that was a sign of kind of just where, um, you know, the title race has gone. Um, this is when Erlen Haddon was good outside the box. Yeah. Um, the, I was just looking, the, the guy who got the. Christensen who got the uh, equaliser today for Leeds played with Haaland actually in Redburg Salzburg and it was a kind of a just talking about the game this morning it was uh, kind of had everything in many ways like it it had VAR at its at its dramatic best as well where you have debatable decisions that you're looking at VAR and you're still not even sure looking at the replays whether I mean Junior Furpo's tackle for me I was just looking 59 minutes I mean that to me is 
absolute stonewall red card like he's, he's over he's he's out of control I know that the tackle was sort of embellished by uh, slow-mo replays but to me that's a red card but you're kind of you can see then why it's not given because in normal play it might not be a clear and obvious error by the referee but like Furpo who obviously did end up getting sent off in the end then handles the ball for the penalty in 69 minutes where he looks like he may be pushed in the back and it's not even entirely conclusive that he handled the ball although it looks like he did doesn't get sent off even though he should probably get a second yellow and you're thinking well Leeds have you know should be 2-0 up because Bamford's ter- Bamford hit a terrible penalty he should, have sc- he should obviously have scored that and made them 2-0 up but then Christensen who's just like real sort of Nordic hard man look about him like gets the goal it's a kind of a poxy goal that comes off Trippier's head and in fairness Ellen Road was absolutely rocking and uh, the decision to bring bring in Sam and um, the two lads at this stage like it, it seems to have galvanised them a bit they they were always in the game they battled very well um, but they still have a mountain to climb in that battle um, and as Dan says it, it would be one of the real anomalies of the season if Liverpool could sneak t- t- uh, top four and it's not out of the question at all at the moment yeah I mean on the Arsenal point I think this is the this is the thing that like the fact that City have one pass it just just feel like they're okay yeah yeah, you yeah. Know, they have they, they have the ability to to slip up once and they're still fine and that's crucial you know because you just feel like and and maybe th- if there was going to be a time it, it would be between the two legs of the majority game, yeah you would think you think once they're out of that I know what you're talking about the run in you know how it sounds you know but like what does Chelsea even mean now you know mm. what I mean like mm. in terms of you're thinking of Chelsea um, in a in a different term, you, you know that City will look after those games. You feel this is the one. Yeah, you're right. Like the, you know, you're both right in, in the sense of it can be sticky for them. And if you if you change too much, then you lose the balance. But the flip side is you are thinking then, like these top sides are so good, and Everton are down at the bottom for a reason. That you would think City are capable of managing it reasonably comfortably once they once they maybe overcome an early storm because I mean in some ways like Everton against Brighton like it was a freaky 22% result. possession it was a freakish result you know like the the the, 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 sort of the Dwight McNeil you know Everton he touches sort of turned Ronnie Rosenthal yeah. it was sort of amazing um, to almost to the point where like you, 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 you just analyse it and go yeah it was just one of those games where mad stuff happens rather than it being indicative of some kind of trend that, that they have a performance to carry into the next game that almost just won't happen again it can't happen again what about Seamus Coleman what's his future um, yeah I mean what a Seamus Coleman well, well we'll see obviously what the severity of the injury is um, and you know you'd imagine it's is his fate wrapped in would, would Everton stay up or not I don't know about that I, I still find it hard to see him leaving that club Um Regardless of the scenario, um, we're still waiting. Like it's 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 just sort of sort of ironic in a way. It's always the way that like with these sort of older players, you you get to the stage where you you, you tend to like write them off at a particular point, and then they 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 have a run of form which makes you appreciate actually no we've been a little bit too premature in doing that. And what we've seen with Seamus Coleman and Stephen Kenny's made this point numerous times that probably in the last 18 months two years he's maybe suffered from playing through the pain barrier at times and his performance level was probably affected by you know trying to play when he wasn't 100% right and yet when he got 100% right at start of this year he was starting to play a lot better for club and for country and he has the injury but um, I, I I I I don't I, I don't know where what the future holds but I can't imagine there's going to be some abrupt end to his Everton time I'd be I'd be highly surprised if that came to pass John 
yellow. What, what what exactly is his injury? Well, that's what we're still waiting to find out. Um, that right. it wasn't it wasn't an ACL, but it was knee. So you're sort of assuming there's a is it a you know is it medial or is it some other version of the knee? I don't know unless yeah. unless you've heard any clarity on it, Mark. But it's been kept reasonably tight. Okay. Well, I, I would I would probably take that as 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 a good thing because if it's your ACL, I mean, straight away everyone yeah. just say straight away, don't they? It's the ACL, so that that obviously sounds better. Um, it's like anything; I think the, the recovery is the big thing. But you know, honestly, at these football clubs now it's, it, it's amazing how they get these players back fit again. And and you know, when I say the players, I mean the older players as well. I mean, Seamus has been playing really well, has he not? Mm-hmm. And it, it looked for a while. A while ago, I saw him play a couple of games on on the run and he looked like he was finished insofar as he just had no pace whatsoever. So it, it's it's actually the, the, the medical side of football now at this level is absolutely amazing in terms of returning players back, not just to play, but to play extremely well. Forest one nil up at Chelsea. I'm just looking, JD. If it were to finish oh. like that, Forest would be six oh. points behind Chelsea. I mean, <laughs> what? Like, how can they? I know we've spoken about. How many again? He scored twice against Southampton. He's got scored again now. There was a freakish element to that game too. Like Southampton actually weren't that bad in that game, but Forest, like the clinical nature of their. Uh, of their attacking in that game yeah and, and an early lead as well I think an early lead helped yeah like Southampton actually weren't that bad in, yeah. in that game you know but uh, Forrest were just like brilliant sort of like Gibbs White touch for the last goal and there's the, just the quality of their attacking play was actually very good yeah. that's, a, that, that's a crazy I mean look, I know it was very very early and it just goes to show you just can't trust Chelsea to, to stand for anything um, but can you imagine the reaction in the other dressing rooms the relegation dressing rooms if that result holes yeah. you know uh, suddenly Leeds day is uh, feels feels a lot worse actually yeah, yeah. than I did a full time what about that City Real game Laro I thought it was brilliant quality but look you played the game um, how good was it brilliant uh, I would agree <clears throat> totally I think the only the only little thing that got to me was <clears throat> excuse me Madrid trying to run the referee towards the end of the game as well going down for everything and moaning like hell at every single foul, but they, they were going to do that because they felt under pressure then. They realised that City had improved from, from last season, but just the pace that the game was played at, um, the ability of all the players, the first touch of, of all the players as well, and tactically as well as brilliant. And it, and it just shows you that, you know, um, and everybody goes on about Haaland for, for Man City, and rightly so. De Bruyne. De Bruyne. Yeah, yeah. Is just, he is just absolutely out, outstanding. And, he just sees everything. He makes game look so easy. And I, I, I read this thing that he did the other week, and they were, <clears throat> somebody had said to him that he's he, he's the most he passes more than anybody else. And he went, he went, hold on. He said, if you tell me I pass more than anybody else, is that that is as long as I'm passing forward, I'll take it. He said, but I'm not having any of this passing sideways or passing backwards and all those kind of things like you see from a lot of modern day midfield players and he's just brilliant because you know his touch is great and he, he's up straight away he's got the ball in front of him he knows where it is and he's just got this view of everybody where you know where to pass it where not to pass it probably just as well and he just passes you the ball exactly where you want it and you know I just rave about him I just think he's absolutely brilliant the, the, the vital moments in the tie um, 
I texted Dan uh, JD at 20 past nine. I was like, there would be a few cards if this game were in the LOI, including at least one of the coaching staff, because the referee was pretty much letting an awful lot go. Ancelotti actually got booked in the second half. Yeah, unfairly as well. Yeah, and, and like, it was unfairly with Ancelotti, but um, I mean, the, the save that Courtois made from De Bruyne in, when it was 1-0 was an unbelievable save where he's going away from the ball. And um, mm. now De Bruyne got his goal, but when you're looking back... Uh, at, at that like City in the second half were very good um, but once they equalised well yeah I, I sorry the first, the first, br- the first 20 Madrid minutes were brilliant for the 15-20 yeah. minutes like the first 20 time. minutes um, I, I was following the game sort of um, you know just, just looking at how the betting markets were reacting and City collapsed in price early because it's so much the ball but you, you just get this sense with Real that they kind of always know what they're doing they always have a mindset of how to manage a game and I do like there's no way Man City should not win the second leg but I, for some reason it's hard to be confident just with that gyps that they've had in the Champions I think League. they're more mature now. I thought the team he put out was mature, experienced. Mm. Uh, there was no mad cap decisions. Yeah, it's funny though. Like goals definitely change games, and yeah. like, you know that. But like Real could have easily been two 0 up and so yeah, Madrid yeah. were so good in that spell, and and you're thinking. But I suppose like when the first goal came is when City had been, yeah. you know, the first fifteen twenty minutes, like City were controlling the game. But yeah, I, I feel like there's a, there's a twist in the tail still. To you come. think so? Definitely. Yeah, I think it's yeah. very possible. Yeah, <laughs> I think City are going to win. That. I, I haven't lost at home since twenty eighteen. The Champions I, League. I understand. Wow. I yeah. understand why. You, like you, you're just going to keep saying City are going to. I mean, it's it's a hot take. You know, it's like that's this guy. <laughs> Messi, this guy Messi's a good player he might score if you watch him you know? but, but, like, so after, but the, you know. the thing is um, I don't know I just think that Madrid the Vinicius and even Rodrigo and you can, ju- you can just you can just see it you can see them they have that ability to, to do it I, like, I understand like, if you, if you analyse the game the teams and the level of performance you're going to come down most people are going to come down with City the, the betting markets are reflected it should be City but um, I don't know it's actually Madrid I thought were managing that game very well in the second half but then of course when you have an amazing player like De Bruyne can produce something like that I mean that is it you talk about earlier it comes back to players like you know great players will decide games in moments and completely turn the momentum but you knock as well Dan the, you, you knock you know the way football is at the top level but when it's played at that level like it's an extraordinary watch but well, there's, oh, yeah. there's nothing better I've got to watch that for three hours yeah it was amazing well here's the thing like the City need to be ahead at half time like the longer it goes on and they're not ahead does that play into the Madrid I I just don't see I don't see I see a more calm Guardiola this season I think Mm. with Haaland as a focal point but Mm. I do agree with you like the first time in a long time I've seen City dominate in the game first 15-20 minutes that second half they needed the goal they got the goal calmed them down it was hot I think they got a better bench yeah um like they beat, it's 50-50 for me they beat yeah, Munich yeah. 3-0 it can't be 50-50 Laura though because like City were hot favourites away from home so now they're even hotter favourites at home so how is it 50-50 yeah. well, they're playing the Champions but you know, you know well because you know you know you know, with Madrid Madrid can have a mad as in positively mad 20 minutes and score twice against you mm. they've, they've mm. definitely got that in them and you know, it's they. You know, when you watch them play in this competition, they feel it is their competition, mm. and who's to argue against that? And they've got that confidence, knowing that they're capable of beating anybody. And yes, of course, City, City are an outstanding team, but um, and it's not finished by a long shot for me. This is it failure if they don't win it, City, this season. Absolutely, no. Oh, it, it is, Laura. I mean, how I'm many joking. how many chances do you I'm want? I'm joking. Yeah, of course yeah. it is. Yeah. And that's it's a yeah. bit harsh to say that with Man City with Real in the way, but yeah, it is, Laura, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, of course it's because this is you know this is what the owners when 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 they bought the football club, yeah, they want to win the Premier League and the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup and all those kind of things. But ultimately, 
you have to win the biggest competition available to your football club. And, and undoubtedly, as, as we know, this is it, the big one. Did it become more important when you were playing for Liverpool, Laro, to win the European Cup than the, than the league championship? Oh, probably not, John, no. I think that it was all, it was almost like a bonus. I think the 42-game the slog in what was the Football League was, was the ultimate achievement when you consider that pitches, you know, diets, all those kind of things, training pitches, all, all those kind of, Yeah, but yeah, I didn't want to say that, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it was, it was always going to be the hardest one, most definitely. And the first two rounds of the European Cup, you could play some dodos, to be quite honest with you. I think uh, quite often in the in the whatever round we came in, I think we beat one lot eleven nil once, um, and and it, that was easy. But then obviously quarter final onwards was was completely different. But uh, there was there was no coming in the dressing room at the start of the season and saying like you know we want to win this one this year or or this other one. It was just. Whatever you win, if you win anything, they would always take the boot room people. I think probably the game now as well. The problem you have is that you have this era of so many dominant clubs within leagues, you know. Mm. And I know, like that, I mean, that Liverpool team won their league most years, but you have this situation now. You have clubs like Bayern, you know, PSG haven't even won the French league every year, but their focus is almost the Champions League like Juventus in recent years had that long run and it's obviously thankfully it's changed there now uh, and City's run is not a million miles from that to the five out of six that, if they win this yeah, yeah. that the that there, there is the sense that for a lot of these clubs I mean and Real Madrid have always measured themselves on, on Champions League if you go to yeah. if you go to the Bernabeu and the stadium tour there you know their history is all built have around have done it yeah yeah and look I did both Barcelona and Madrid, both right. stadium tours, like this years back in the same holiday, and the Barcelona one is all about the history of the club and and everything. It's a brilliant, but the Madrid one, the whole centerpiece is their European Cups, and I assume now that's been updated to reflect the more recent ones. But it's it's very much like, yeah, you know, we won some leagues, but there's a presentation on each European Cup win. With, so with that's respect to uh, with respect yeah. to Laro as well, like it was funny. I was at Kilbegan last night, and I ended up the racetrack, Laro. In, in, I mean, okay. ended up, interviewing a little kid from um, Seville and um, the guy who was working with me the cameraman Dan he's from Romania and he's like what's the name of the stadium in Seville and I said I actually I actually don't know and he named it out to me and he said I know this because Stoyu Bucharest played there in the 1986 um, European Cup final against Barcelona and that was yeah. the era, era that Lauro was sort of is more from where it was a knockout competition involving and it's nowhere near like the, the, the prospect of Stoyu Bucharest winning the European Cup now was completely fanciful it, that, that, that kind of um, romance has gone out of it and that's why it's it's funny to see the likes of PSG struggle so much because of the money that they've spent and they've basically been a flop in the Champions League despite um, you know you have that ridiculous situation of Messi kind of taking a day off to um, uh, you know to obey his Saudi masters and then uh, PSG are like you need to come back uh, we need your training here and it's it's uh, it's a completely different competition nowadays to when it was a Didn't proper knockout and yeah. as Laura says you could kind of canter into the quarterfinals at times didn't didn't uh, Stade Bucharest beat um, Barcelona? Who was who was um, who was manager of Barcelona? El Tel, El Tel, Terry Venables. El Tel, and 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 if you, uh, um, I've met him quite a few occasions, and we we ended up speaking about um, European Cup and all those kind of things. And he said, and he was extremely serious. He just said, he said honestly, Stau played for penalties 
from the first minute. And that, that's exactly what they got. So, um, yeah, it was it was a completely different competition, most definitely. The other, the other thing from, from our point of view when we're at Liverpool playing in, in the European Cup, we'd know nothing about the opposition players. It's mad, think. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we'd have no absolutely nothing. And I, I think apart from... Um, when we when we won it in in Rome in what was it eighty four, Joe Fagan was the manager, and we they had a couple of Brazilians who were top top. Well, Falcao players. would play for them. Falcao. Yeah. Falcao, yeah, and then there was another one, and 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 um, and Joe Fagan said to us, he said, uh, he said that the lad who basically gets them playing was uh, D Bartolome, and we went, well, who the LZ? We've never even heard of him and everything. And all our lot would say was whoever's closest, obviously, you know, stay there and. and and just make sure that he you get his head down so he can't sort of pass to anybody. But um, yeah, you would you would have you would have no idea who you were playing against. Whether he was big, he was strong, he was small, he was what left footed, right footed. It was like go on then sort it out. You know who was injured for that game? Carlo Ancelotti played for Roma, won the league uh, the previous season. Was playing for Roma at the oh, time. Oh right, out. was he? I didn't mm-hmm. know that. If you look back on that, uh, this just shows how football like we, we take for granted and what's changed. That game in 1986, Laurel, every single player for Stoy Bucharest that played was from Romania and the only non-Spaniard uh, playing for Barcelona that day was Steve Archibald. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And of course, it was a communist, yeah. communist country. Yeah. yeah, uh, um, and, yeah. and there was El Tell on the sideline. But yeah, it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's hard to... That was a long, long time He's ago. had an unbelievable uh, footballing journey, Carlo Ancelotti. Mm. Roma winning the league, uh, then went yeah. to AC Milan, played in those European Cups. And then he managed Juventus in the United game, the Roy Keane game. He managed mm. Juventus in that game. Mm. Then went to AC Milan, won two Champions Leagues, won two Champions Leagues with uh, Real Madrid and a stint at Everton in the middle. I know we had like Ronnie O'Sullivan yeah. in studio this week, but if you could get Ancelotti here, JD, I think all our work is done. Like He is literally the coolest dude ever. And for some reason, he still has it. He still has it. Like They, they play for him. They, they seem to love him. Um, he managed manages yeah. the situation and I, I think it's interesting as well Laura I know um, Pep evolves a lot as a coach like he seems to be evolving the whole time but Ancelotti is, it's interesting that he doesn't necessarily have a philosophy in terms of how they play it's like how we win the next game yeah yeah he's got his son with him hasn't he as well and he's he, do you know what? I've met him a couple of times he's just an absolute top bloke mm. um, and where he's been really really clever is, is when a, big, a better and bigger team have come along no matter how he's doing at his club, he's just gone. He's just gone. I mean, he did. He did it with. Uh, he did it with Everton, didn't he? And I was just going to say the other point about like um, Star Bucharest was they were actually um, they, they were they were all in the army, as it were. So they were they were, they were basically the Romanian national team. Yeah, because yeah, we beat. I think we beat in those days, not us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we beat we we beat Dinamo Bucharest, I think. Uh, in the two-legged semi-final, and that they basically were all in the they they were in the army, and they, they were just basically professionals. Yeah, but they, they 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 went under the banner of obviously um, yeah. Dinamo Bucharest rather than the national team. I mean, uh, the United have the, scored, uh, Man United won, uh, Wolves nil, Anthony Martial. I'm reading a book on the Charlton brothers at the moment. Is that um, the one Charlton by? I have that at home. Yes, fantastic book. I'm like I'm only four or five chapters in, but. It's interesting. Um, it's it's around about the the Munich air disaster now, and it's just talking about the infancy that European football was at that time, and how people were just vaguely getting into it, and how much they mm-hmm. loved the idea of. Um, yeah, it's hard to believe it, and, and you didn't know much about the opposition even, Laura, all those years later. Mm. No, 
the Busby Braves no, the Busby Braves came played in Daily Mount here their first uh, the first ever European Cup match involving an Irish team was the Busby Babes playing here in 57 I they're think they're both having the jersey out no it was, it was Rovers they were playing ok yeah, yeah. Um, YouTube uh, commenters nice to be thanked uh, just waiting for Johnny to compare Evan Ferguson to Thor mixed with Maradona <laughs> uh, it's half three so give another hour yeah um, he start tomorrow JD um, yeah you probably should yeah. Shelburne won DLR Waves nil in the Women's National League um, before we go to the break have you been in touch with your mate Moyes recently Laro uh, good win for them during the week yeah no just sent him a text because he's obviously he's busy at the moment he'd been under a bit of pressure um, but uh, just sent him a text obviously because it was a comeback the other night wasn't it I think it, it's, in terms of a they keep having these stories about if if he leaves, such and such a body's going to take over. But I think from his point of view, reading between the lines, I, I think he just feels really, really comfortable where they are and, and what they're doing. Yeah, because if they win this Conference League, it's first major trophy since 1980. Uh, they're into the Europa League next season. So you're kind of almost vaulting from wherever they are on the table uh, up to seventh, sixth. And yeah, that's not, not a bad return. Where is Rice going? Any sense of where Rice is going in the summer? Because he's going, he's leaving. Um, no, I don't know. I, I, I don't ask him questions like that because every every other bugger asks him, don't they? So, um, yeah, I don't know where he's going. Here's one, um, Laurel. If you're if you're Declan Rice, yes. First of all, I think you wouldn't have abandoned Ireland. But secondly, <laughs> uh, who would you go to, Liverpool or Man United? Be Arsenal. Arsenal. Well, Arsenal. Say if they were the options, right? I think Liverpool Arsenal are a big player, and it seems to be so. Liverpool desperately need someone like that. Yeah. Well, right. Okay, let's let's t- turn that around a little bit because if he's if he's going to be eighty million plus, Liverpool won't be buying him because mm. um, I think they need they, they need three, and I think you know they just they can't sort of spend nearly all their money on on one player. So that so that won't happen. You could see him go to, going to Arsenal most definitely. Look, the the other thing about it is is he might just want to stay in London, might he? Mm. Mm. Um, and then that makes your decision really, really easy because where do you go? You you, you will go to, to to Arsenal. You kind of wondered at one stage where Chelsea just going to come out with the big giant checkbook and try and sign him as but, well. I mean, Bring him back. Would you, go, would, you go, would you go to Chelsea when you look at it? Because it's an absolute total mess. We also, they rejected him when he was a teenager. So mm-hmm. There might be an element of, oh, go back. To, you know, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think there yeah. was a bit of chat a while back that it, that he, he was open to that, but that was even before Chelsea had gone to another level of um, Madness. of bonkers but yeah. I mean he's he's close to John Terry and all of that you could just imagine I think that angle probably would have appealed to him if Chelsea was more yeah stably run stable yeah. ok we've got to take a break 5 through 106 Laro, Dan McDonnell and Johnny Warden Football Saturday Leeds 2 Newcastle 2 result from the Premier League Aston Villa 1 Spurs 0 at the moment Jacob Ramsey uh, Forrest 1 0 up away to Chelsea Awani again Man United 1 Wolves 0 Anthony Martial Palace 0 Bournemouth 0 and Southampton 0 Fulham 0 we're back after this And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you three to five. This is Football Saturday. Remember, Football and Off the Ball brought to you by Sky, proud partner and supporter of the Republic of Ireland Women's National Football Team. You can text us 53106 at a cost of 30 cents. Tweet us at Off the Ball. We're streaming the conversation. You can listen on News Talk on your radio across the country. Also, watch us on the Off the Ball digital and social channels on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. We also podcast the show on the Off the Ball section of the Go Loud Network. If you ever miss the live podcast, folks, so it's also available wherever you get your pods. This evening onwards, uh, we're joined on the line by the former Republic of Ireland and Liverpool defender 
and league champion and European Cup winner uh, Mark Lawrenson and in studio by the football correspondent of the Irish Independent Dan McDonnell and the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward Kerry FC won a game for the first ever time in the League of Ireland last night Yeah it's just it was talking about Notts County and like history and this was Athlone or the, the you know, the, the long-serving club in Irish football and for Kerry to go there and win that's brilliant for them like there's a, I, I was down there at the start of the season and I'm probably I just I just love the I love the goodwill that there is towards the idea towards the concept um, and like they've been struggling badly on the pitch yeah and like fans are still coming people are still interested um, but they needed that win and um, I don't know what it is about the story that like you even see last night uh, some of the social media stuff is like huge like you know and all, all other big sports people in Kerry getting on board with the whole thing there's like a real local pride thing and uh, they want the team to do well and I, and I think maybe the, the reason why I'm probably investing in it a little bit is that we've probably spoken about it here a lot over the years you know, the need to like to make the league mean more to people you know, and I saw some people last night talking about how this is great. They now have a team in their locality, and there's obviously parts of the country where people just don't have that option. And then you like we might go on about, yeah, we need to support football in this country, and someone's like, well, that's fine, but there's no club within a hundred miles of me, you know, or two hundred miles of me, and how am I supposed to like have a feeling for Galway if I'm from Mayo, say, you know, and in every other part of my sporting life, I. I despise Galway no offence you know what I mean but like they are your rivals and you're meant to sort of adopt them so I think for people in Kerry and there is actually for all that we associate Kerry with Gaelic football and always will um, what I found from being down there and chatting to people that there is there's actually a good history of football down there too and they just needed a vehicle for it so um, yeah it's a great moment for them it's, it's a small step and there'll be probably more tough days to come but uh, I'm, I'm delighted for them that they got it last night yeah you wonder does the county name mean anything as well if it was Carlo as well you know what I mean I know what you're saying yeah it's, well it's funny I and I've got this wrong at one point in the past I wondered because there was talk of a team in Kerry and I wondered like, should you just call it like Tralee Rovers know? or something well Tralee and, and just get like you know get it all built around that 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 sort of place but it's actually I was completely wrong you know that um and I'm sure there's probably some they'll face difficulties in, in, in time but there is that sense that just like the people covering the team like Carrie this is our team you know a lot of people just feel like okay I'm going to get on board with this and um, but obviously you know, they're also a competitive sporting county as everyone knows who doesn't like losing and, and they're probably still going to finish bottom of the table this year more than likely but there's still that sense of pride that seems to be there like a lack of cynicism um, which is great you know because it's a cynical world that people are very much open minded towards giving this team a go and and it means that like there's a lot of there's always been great talent in Kerry I think Michael Foley might have had a piece in the paper last week about um, you know in, in Killarney and a lot of the great uh, Kerry inter-county players of recent times were very talented um, football players or soccer players as they would say um, and I suppose like it's a talent it's a county that produces great sporting talent and now they have something local that they if they want to follow their dreams in that sport they can without having to travel a long distance and that sort of makes sense really it seems it seems so a lot of the solutions to problems in Irish football are so blindingly obvious but you can't uh, it's very hard to actually get them to come to exist for many reasons like there should be a team in Mayo there should be a team in, in Cavill Monaghan you know there should be a team in Carlo Kilkenny um, but there's various reasons why that why that isn't the case um, but it should be the case going forward and I hope that the, the Kerry example 
um, drives others to, to to dip their toe in the water. Although I appreciate it's it's not straightforward. I, I, Ireland has a you know obviously a very complex history and we have different understandings of it. But like the, I can't tell you anything about like counties in England or shires or whatever they are. But the county system in Ireland is basically there, and it's because it's so ingrained in our mind because of the Gaelic Athletic Association that like I'm from Galway, um, and that's always been a part of me. I'm from Galway. I know exactly that I'm not from Roscommon or Mayo. I'm from Galway, and that that only ultimately matters in the prism of sort of Gaelic games, and that does translate to. Um, it being difficult for somebody from be it a football fan from say like Roscommon or um, Mayo to support Go United it's just a kind of it's, it's just a, there's a block in your head so the Kerry thing works in that regard and as Dan says it, the, the quest is just to get more teams like that Shane Hannon was talking during the week about getting a top corner goal in Gerta Keegan and it's sad that Monaghan United isn't there anymore the, the, I think the best pathway is to get the underage structures going and take it from there like Kerry haven't um, you know Mert Murphy reporting on the game in the examiner tonight I would have known Mert going back um, working for uh, in Gaelic football circles down in Kerry and that kind of sums up that a lot of people have kind of bought into this and uh, as Dan says that ability if you're a good young footballer in Kerry to be able to play for your local team and not have to go to Dublin and so on Yeah I think only through cricket I'd know the English counties um, Laro would you would you consider yourself from Lancashire obviously you're, obviously you're Irish but like when you in terms of growing up in the Lancashire yeah. area is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, Lancashire, I used to go and watch it. I was a mad, well, still I'm a mad cricket person anyway. I used to go and watch them in the late 60s, 70s in the Gillette Cups and all those kind of things. Um, David Lloyd, all those kind of boys. They had a, they had a brilliant one-day winning cricket team. Um, they were far better actually one day than they were in the three or four-day yeah, normal league games. So, yeah, I go all the time. Yeah. It's funny as well in 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 Dublin, like um, we um, Dan and I have had lads on the podcast who are technically not from Dublin, and we spoke about those lads from me. But when you when you come up through a football background, it, it's not really a, like if you're born kind of on the commuter belt, like the the county kind of. Um, I guess your identity in terms of your county is different. Like if you're from sort of those commuter areas around the Kildare Dublin border, the Mead Dublin border, you don't necessarily, and you come through the football environment, you don't necessarily identify with like the Dubs or Mead or Kildare. It's it's much more complex. And that's because you're from a soccer background rather than a Gaelic football background. I've found that a lot. Well, heading into it, like the amount of times Nathan Collins or Evan Ferguson are referred to as a Dubliner. Mm. In, uh, and they're, neither of them are actually... Nathan Collins is sort of Kildare isn't he with the Dublin family it's sort of you, know, to, you have to diplomatically you have to ride a fine line there but um, no, it's, it's great like it's great for and I think I think like this is one of the things there's a real upsurge in, in the league this year for crowds generally and a lot of it comes from um, clubs recognising that they're part of a community rather just than being a team you know, with it, you know, with it, the jerseys and the players who come and go, and I think there's there's a transient thing in the league where players go somewhere for a season and two seasons and they move on. But as Johnny says, a lot of these clubs now have these massive underage wings attached to them, and it's it's helped to create a much better environment around the clubs that's translating to to crowds. But um, not so it, like the the scenes I, I watched. It, I mean, there's a bit of a controversy over a win and goal, whether across the line or not. Um, but I watched the scenes at full time, and it was it was good to see it just a, a, a heartwarming tale Laura have you ever visited Kerry say again you ever visited Kerry no I've not no. oh Laura Jesus you need to get it no. done Laura great I'm the, not, the, not, I'm not seeing Jesus either 
Yeah, some of the. <laughs> some, some, <laughs> not yet, anyway. Some of the best. You'll find, you find them in Kerry, actually, yeah, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, I thought I'd tell you. You have to pay for it, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah some Dan of the and I owned a leg of a horse together who won in Clarny. Clarny raced some returns tomorrow. and uh, We did, yeah. I don't, I don't Rosa Tralee presented us with the first prize. What was the name of the horse? I, I Skipper. Yeah. Yeah. Killarney I don't know I mean what a cool place one of the best uh, counties for hospitality in this country is Kerry and they pride themselves on that they certainly the Kerry people are so good at tourism that it still feels very authentic even though I mean you're utterly being fleeced now because prices <laughs> are so bad like it's so expensive Kerry and I know people from we're Donegal trying to encourage Laura to go to Kerry yeah. oh, you're, you're putting take your wallet with a smile but oh, like, I'll tell you what you should do Laura go to the Blasket Islands for two nights it's basically you're off grid there's no electricity um, you're on an island for two nights no running water um, and you'll never look at life the same again <laughs> yeah but why would you go <laughs> I thought I explained why you should go. Actually, was, yeah. <laughs> Johnny goes to get away from the get away from technology in the world, you know. But he comes uh, back with very arty photographs, which are obviously taken from. I don't know. Funny. I've done. Don't zoom, know how, I don't know how they're taken. I've done yeah. Zoom calls on the Blasket Islands, despite the fact there's no electricity. But uh, yeah, that'd be <laughs> Kerry is just I don't know. And the fact that it has a League of Ireland option now, Galway United fans flew to Kerry from Dublin this year because we never play in Europe, so that was our away trip was like getting a flight, which was like twenty quid or something. Yeah, the airport yeah. is uh, is quite something actually. I don't if you ever Parn I've pa- passed driving through it. Yeah. I've seen where it is. Quite near Killarney, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a good experience, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was being, I was being told to go to the Stoll races. Um, you can yeah. fly down to the Stoll. I must try and maybe make it once this year. I've never met it before. Uh, the Harvest Festival. Um, it's Man United 1 and uh, Wolves nail in the Premier League. Uh, Anti-Martial with the goal. Fulham have scored away to Southampton. So another just nail in the Southampton coffin. Carlos Vinicius having a bit of a good run recently. The former Spurs player. 1-0 uh, uh, away to Southampton. Palace 1, Bournemouth nil. Eze with the goal. Chelsea have equalised. 1-1 against Nottingham Forest. Big game in the uh, bottom of the table. Raheem Sterling with the goal. He's had a, a fall off a cliff in terms of his form. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh getting the opener for Forrest um, Villa 1 Spurs nil still uh, Jacob Ramsey scoring early in the game Leeds 2 Newcastle 2 earlier on what about Liverpool Laro they're getting a bit of momentum Salah has had a great run recently and oh, maybe a bit too late any hope I suppose United are winning now that they will catch United but I suppose for next season there's a degree of um, a better vibe maybe than there was 2-3 months ago yeah no much better um, and they've they've played better, John, without being outstanding. There's, there's still a few flaws defensively. I think you can most definitely still get still get at them. Um, so that needs to be rectified. And unfortunately, Van Dyke only looks at it like he's at 65, 70%. So maybe hoping that the rest in the off season might might doing some good. Um, I think now it's just a case of of obviously they're the around looking for players. I think they'll sign three midfield players. How many did they, um, how many players do they need, Laura? Actually, you say three midfield players. Who else do they need? Do you think? Um, I wouldn't. If you got if you got three good midfield players, I think I think he'd be quite happy. I mean, mm. I, what the interesting thing's going to be, he's now got obviously uh, Trent Alexander Arnold playing, sort of in this little box in midfield, and he's allowed to go and get the ball off the centre backs, and he's just he's just basically allowed to go and play. And obviously, one of the centre halves has, has to cover for him. Um, I, I don't. I don't think he'll get. He might. He might get four, but he, he certainly needs three in midfield. And um, just, just basically for the fact that I think he wants. He wants to go again with the pressing. He's. He's almost gone in the last six months. Is you know what the pressing's not going to work. We can't really do it. 
but I'm going to buy players in the summer who are very much into that. Um, and it'll get the team up the up the pitch quicker, obviously, and, and cause problems for the opposition. So um, I think I think that's what he's after. I, if if they finish fifth, what competition do they go into? One of those Mickey Mouse ones, isn't it? Well, it's. I think that's disrespectful towards the competition. To be fair, but like the problem, the problem. You're right, though. The problem Liverpool have is they're probably better off just being in nothing or the Champions League next yes. season to reset. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Europa League. Yeah. I, I, you know, privately, he'll te- he would tell you he's that kind of person. But um, uh, yeah, I, totally, totally. But I think they'll win every game to the end of the season. When, what are they now? Five, six. On, yeah. the, on the spin, yeah, n- yeah, six on the spin. Um, they've yeah. seen goals by and large as well. To be fair, um, well, last last couple of games, yeah, Fulham, uh, Brentford, they, they they most certainly have. So um, that that that's been a bonus because that's been a real problem. Um, but yeah, m- midfield players, give them, try and let them get six weeks off, whatever it is, and um, next season. Back to the old pressing full time. Any inkling what Queeveen Kelleher might do, Laurel? No, no, I haven't actually. Um, there are all sorts of rumours over here that um, if Brentford sell their goalkeeper, that, that they might come for him. But um, Liverpool wouldn't want to lose him. I don't know. I don't know whether he's happy. Um, obviously, his, his money would be very good, etc. Um, but I would presume he just. He, wa- he wants to play. Um, of course, the problem is you can't. It's very difficult to get a number two who's just happy to be a number two unless he's a bloke who's 36, 37 and been round the block. Yeah, I think all the Irish goalkeepers big season for them next yeah. season. Well, Kelleher, in fairness to me, the tone of what he said has changed a lot over the last 12 months um, and, and talking about wanting to go um, and, mm. and been open to going. So I think it's all pointing towards him. He's he's at the stage now where he's what like, you know, twenty four, in that sort of bracket, and he's 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 he hasn't even played a double figure number of of league games in his career. You know, so I think even started this season. I think obviously you know they had Allison building up to the World Cup, and I think there was a few things going on. I I, I kind of wonder even at a, sort of whispers that maybe at a different time might something have happened last summer. But if it didn't happen last summer, obviously it didn't. Um, you would assume. Uh, something might happen this summer and there just comes yeah. a point where uh, and, and what you can do now you can always do one of these modern deals anyway where you can let someone go either let them go on loan or you let them go and you sell them with the buyback option which Man City mm-hmm. have done with Brazino, um, that if you know they have the option to buy them back if they ever if they ever felt they wanted to in the future so um, you'd imagine Liverpool would have the power to control to retain some control over the asset um, but I think for Callagher's sake he has to move on now yeah I think so uh, Alexis McAllister, they were uh, linking with Liverpool, that type of midfielder mm. um, in the summer. They're talking seven. They're talking seventy million for him, aren't they? What did Brighton pay for him? Like, well, I don't. Know. It, it does. It is the thing with Clapton was a young player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The thing with Clapton is, I, I know you're alluding to it there, but I, I actually don't really know. Does he know himself what Liverpool's philosophy is at the moment? In that they were. Um, and I just some of the strikers like has Nunes really worked out? Does he does, has he has he made some kind of scattergun signings? Because their 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 game plan uh, when they were so successful was fairly simple: high press, extremely workman like um, hard working midfielders get the ball up to the yeah. top three. Now, but also the auxiliary fullbacks, or they were like the auxiliary were, full like who've had patchy seasons. To be fair, like they, 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 but they were a huge part of that success. Mm. Like they were almost. Yeah. Um, he wants to go back. He wants to go back to that, and I think. 
I think the way he views it, listening to one or two people inside the football club, is is this this is the season where <clears throat> he's he's accepted but not particularly happy with the fact that they just can't do it mm. with the with the personnel that they've got. Um, I think he likes I think he likes all the strikers. <clears throat> Nunes has been it's interesting with Nunes. Do you play him on the left and come in from there? Do you play him through the middle? Um, but I think he's just I think he's just really really happy with what they have in terms of strikers. I mean, what, they got four, five? Um, five and, you know, yeah. they've got some, outstand, some outstanding players. I mean, that's the most difficult part of the team to get right, I think, as everybody knows. So Thiago's um, been disappointing, Laura, hasn't he? I know he's had a lot of injuries, but... Uh, when he's played, he's been really, really good. But he's, you're right, insofar as the disappointment is, he gets in the team and he looks like a, a world-class player still. And then he just gets injured, mm. and it's 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 like it's like he just nicks his calf. It's it's nothing ever really serious, but it's almost he's chasing he's chasing his fitness all the time, um, which which is a pity because you, when you see him play and play well, he sees stuff on the pitch which mm. the players just don't see. But then <clears throat> if he's not playing well, um, he's one of three in there, and he, he he's not going to press. Uh, Henderson obviously will slowly be coming to the end. Um, although we started quite a few games of late, Milner's going to Brighton. Um, so, uh, who else have they got? Fabinho has actually started to look better in the last three or four games. So that's why that's why they need the midfield players. But I think he's just the manager's just thinking, right? You know, get your six weeks off and get ready because uh, we're going for it again next season in terms of the way that they play. He will insist. That they press absolutely, totally. Two one to Chelsea. Big goal for Raheem wow. Sterling and uh, big goal for Leeds and for Leicester down the bottom. So two one and a goal for Palace. They've got a second one against Bournemouth in that game. That dead rubber down at uh, Eze again. He's, he's having a good season. How about Chelsea? This John. Yep. How 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 well has Roy done? Brilliantly, mm. brilliantly. Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone, when he, when he went back, they went, he's 70 yard. What does he know with all those cases? Forrest have scored. Wow. And we got wow. a, a VAR now because this comes up like the moment it happens. That's always, there's a little bit of a, 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 an asterisk. How does Hodgson walk away now, though? Like, <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he walks upstairs, isn't he? It's always upstairs is the role, isn't it? Yeah. But like, uh, obviously you sort of... It's great for Paddy McCarthy as well. Yeah. No, you, like, you, it's a strange one. Like you see, you, you see like Neil Warnock say, walk, walking away after saving Huddersfield. And you see these managers, there's been a couple of them this year have come back in that short term, but... Mm. I, That's the future, isn't it? Just had to come back a couple of months a season, basically. Yeah, know? especially yeah. in the Premier League. And under, no, under no great pressure, you come back, keep them up, get your bonus, go back to Barbados for three months <laughs> and wait for the next phone call. Head off. It's like a special teams player like coming in to take, yeah. the, take in the, the field goal in the Super Bowl, you know, just come in <laughs> come in at the end and just take yeah. your money and head off, you know. Or be a um, Henrik Larsson type who comes in and wins a... Uh, it's true. I mean, like, I mean, this season has been particularly volatile, but um, there is obviously. I mean, you can imagine, like Neil Warnock says, he's done now. But if there's a Championship club struggling next season um, with nine games to go, yeah, you're going to make the call, aren't you? Yeah, where's, yeah, Mick, where's, you where's Mick at the moment? Well, Mick, yeah. well, he didn't see. The problem with Mick he's is probably in Portugal. <laughs> the, the, the problem with Mick is that the last one just hasn't worked, you know, and that's obviously the mm. issue is that you're. You know, if if it doesn't work for Big Sam this time, 
say and that means it's it's twice in a row it hasn't worked do you lose it's funny you basically not get that call what was he at four games so it's like I know but I know know that's insane but But yeah um, yeah who do we call like you know let's this is it Um, hey boys I uh, I, I text Big Mick when he lost his job at Blackpool um, told him he'd obviously done a brilliant job being a Preston fan and I just, but I just said to him, "Why don't you just clear off to Portugal and get your feet up?" And he said, "I think I'll take your advice." Mm. Then, so then a job like might come up, Laura. Yeah, I don't know. Like he, I was talking to Tim Clancy about this actually, John, and he was like, "I haven't had a break from football since I don't know, Dan. Was it like you're talking like?" So he's just after leaving St Pat's, but he'd, he'd been in England and Scotland. Yeah, like no break at all, and no he kind break. of didn't know what to do with himself. But I think with Mick, like Mix was so long, like from from the start of his coaching career, he'd one sort of break. I think I, I'd I'd say he'd I'd say if a job came up, he'd take it. I'd say he that's just can't the, let go. The addiction is yeah. No, I mean, like, yeah. Hodgson hasn't done much of that Palace team, to be honest. Um, in terms of new personnel, the defense is good. Maybe the midfield a bit more tighter, but um. It, 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 the end justified the means there with Vieira in the sense that like like they were in vague relegation trouble on the run that they were on they couldn't score and like he's he has completely galvanised them but there was probably there was logic to that because they, he was a fairly safe pair of hands well they knew him didn't yeah. they they knew him but Lampard I just I don't know like Chelsea had a lot to fight for when Lampard got the job but it's funny know. it's funny when managers I, in, in some way they work like it worked for him at say Switzerland or mm. Fulham or mm. um, Palace but it didn't work at England John, didn't work at Liverpool I think I think Lampard got the job because he only lives around the corner from Stamford Bridge, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yes. handy enough. He owns, oh, oh, he, owns, oh, oh, he owns half a street in Chelsea, apparently. All the speculation right. about um, how somebody can get a gig. Mm. We don't know. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah but um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with uh, Mick McCarthy. Will he get back into management? Uh, Man United 1, Wolves nil. Anthony Martial, Southampton nil. Fulham 1, Carlos Vinicius. Crystal Palace 2, Bournemouth nil. Eze with both goals. That Forest goal is going to stand... Big goal uh, and Awani again. Four goals in two games. Wow. Uh, Aston Villa won Spurs nil. Um, nobody go and manage Spurs. Were they at the moment, Laro? Will anybody go and take that job? What, Tottenham? Yeah. Yeah, of course they will. Yeah. I don't, I don't know who, but yeah, absolutely totally will, won't they? Because it's, it's a really, really good job to have. But <clears throat> I think it's time for Kane to go. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Why? Why? A, I don't think Daniel Levy will, will, will let him. Let, um, he'll, he'll, he'll want some money for him, but I think Kane will just go in and, and see the manager. I just go and sorry and see the uh, see Daniel Levy and say, look, I've, I've done everything. Just I want to leave. Just let me go for whichever money they want. Whoever wants to take him, I think Man United will take him. You know, yeah, really do. Yeah, Ratcliffe seems to be is the front runner now to take over uh, at Manchester mm. United. Jim Ratcliffe and. Um, the thing with Kane, it's 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 interesting with Spurs' philosophy that like Kane doesn't really have much pressing kind of in him. Like as a, he just wouldn't have that 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 athleticism for all that he's an amazing player. And if you brought kind of Richarlison into the fold of being that number um, that number nine, and you've got mm. more dynamic players, if if Kane, if they do lose Kane, in some respects they can change their philosophy in terms of how they play. I suppose depends who they buy. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, I, I think so. I still think Laura it's such an attractive club for a prospective player living in London amazing stadium um, you know it has a lot going for it well it, it does but after a while if you ain't winning anything mm. I mean you can have all the money in the world but surely he actually wants to win something um, I th- honestly I, I think Man United will go all out to, to, to get him and they'll sell a few players won't they as well but wh- why not go and play at Old Trafford go and play for Man United because 
he would most certainly improve their team. Most certainly. Yeah, I think he's hung up on this record, uh, beating Shearer's record of 260 Premier League goals. Yeah, well, second imagine, now. Mm. imagine the chances you get at Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, as a Spurs fan, I would give uh, an absolute blessing for him to go, to be honest, because it's yeah. not his fault the way the club has been run so badly in terms of football product the last yeah. few years, so it's been run terribly. Um, I was like, you're talking about like trophies, it was at Real Madrid, talking about like stadium tours. At Arsenal now, they have this kind of banner around the whole of the stadium with every single trophy they've won. We try to do that Spurs okay. in the Jacks or something will it? <laughs> 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 I'll take a break here Laro oh United look like we're finally going to win some JD we've got to talk about that 10 points clear uh, oh, yeah, so yeah, Dan yeah, has given yeah. out that the crowds aren't great it must be uh, such a formality but uh, just before we go to the break Laro have you seen have you seen Evan Ferguson on TV have, have, you, have you got an impression yet or is it too early for you um, it's a bit early but no I, th- I, I like him he's He's obviously a man, isn't he? Even he's still only eighteen, is he not? Yeah, yeah he's eighteen. Eighteen and a half. And he look, yeah. You can, you can tell, you can tell he's been really well coached, um, and I think he's going to be a player. But the problem is, of course, is we're we as in Ireland are desperate to play him every time he's available, and um, I think Brighton at the moment are handling him really, really well. I know, I know he's been injured. Has he come back yet? Did he's, he, play he came back against um, he came back against Everton, and but uh, tomorrow will be interesting if he starts because these are the games where a lot of eyes are on them. And Dan has spoken about um, you know the, the clubs that are sort of in the picture in terms of potentially signing him. I think the one thing you have to say with Evan Ferguson, if you compare what he's doing, at, like even even Haaland, I'm, I'm taking the, the, the PISS here a bit, but at Haaland at this age, I think he was at Malda. Um, so Ferguson is kind of, it's it's a little bit like he's 18 and a half. That's really young and how big he is. So it's like, is he going to, is he going to be the two-year-old Colt who still is the derby horse next year or is he going yeah. to plateau? But I think Lauro tomorrow, if he starts, Arsenal's still obviously in the title race. There'll be a lot of eyes on him and yeah. it was that game, obviously, the, the corresponding game that he got his, that goal off the bench uh, which kick-started the whole run. Mm. I think, I think, I think where he's, he's, he's fortunate is he plays in a team that plays football. Mm. So, you know, he, he, he will get the ball to his feet a lot of the time in that team and be expected to hold it up, which is one of his strengths, is it not? I was, yeah. think, I was thinking they about They are so well suited to him, how Brighton play. Yeah. Like Stephen Kenny was on about this, the 4-2-4 almost. The wingers are almost ahead of the strikers, but it means he gets a lot yeah. of the ball with players around him yeah. in support. And like that... Um, the, the, it's 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 a very specific system they play that it, it's not necessarily replicated everywhere else. The the the, the thing that's um the, that I was just thinking of this during the week, like the the quality the quality uh, of your upbringing in terms of having a dad who is actually a professional footballer probably helps. Where he's just like looking at if you're showing any inkling or promise at four or five years of age, he's just yeah. going to manage you, and uh, you know you're going to be looked after in the sense of this just might happen. And I think. Um, Kids that are kind of almost like introduced to the to the world as like okay, you could be a footballer here. It probably gives you a bit of a head You're just start. Just gonna have kids given out to their par- given out to their parents for not being professional footballers, like you and me, don't? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, I horse think, owners. I think, yeah, I think the thing with him will be. Yeah, the thing with him for me. The thing with him for me will be um, what he will be like next season because he's coming and he's done extremely well. And then I think you would judge him at the end of next season because these guys come in and they have a really, really good season. And they, I know they say second season syndrome and all that kind of thing. But the, but there is a bit to that because people work out what his strengths and what his weaknesses are. And if he still looks a player at the end of next season, then 
then obviously Brighton and, and obviously ourselves in terms of the country have got a real real top player. Does Deserby stay on at Brighton, Laurel, is interesting. Yeah. Um, well, well, it's, it's, we saw what happened to the other manager. Um, Magic walked away with 13 million quid. But um, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, I think he just knows he's got a very, very good job. I still know some of the old Brighton people. I know Tony Bloom as well, extremely well. Would you, yeah? Um, uh, what? You know Tony Bloom extremely well? Yeah. Wow. How how's how have you that relationship? I, like he's, I will, he's an intriguing character. I know to, well, I know Tony Bloom extremely well because his granddad was on the board when I signed for uh, for um, Albion for <laughs> Brighton Hove Albion. So what? Um, yeah. That is mad. Yeah. So yeah. So he's a he, you won't want to bet against Tony Bloom at anything. Absolutely not. Yeah, and uh, it, it, you know he's. Just, He's a shrewd man with the horses. And you Owner of Champion Chaser and Urgerman. Um, Penn yeah. Hill, one of my better yeah. Andy yeah. Buzz tips. Yeah. And do, do you know what, John? He doesn't He doesn't want any publicity or anything. The couple of times I've been down to a couple of games when, when he's invited me, and he just sits in the corner, has a little chat, um, and he's done amazing for that football club. Absolutely amazing. Partly because I think he promised, he promised obviously, Harry Bloom, who was his grandfather, that you know, he'd do everything he could for the club. Um, they don't owe anybody a penny. Um, and you're going to say, well, no wonder because they keep keep selling the players. But, but that in itself is is brilliant. So the recruitment side of it is right. Uh, I'm told the training ground is absolutely brilliant. We, we just trained on the local park when I was there. And, mm. and the ground itself, I don't, I don't know if you've been, yeah. but the, the South Downs like are a, a, a particular shape, a, a rounded shape. And the council, when Brighton built, the new ground said, you, you've got to make the ground the shape of, of the South Downs. And, and, and they have it. It's just a great place to go. Tell, tell Tony, you've, uh, the geezer you're on the radio with every Saturday who wants to do his uh, autobiography ghost written. So. Um, really? And, and if Dan's not available, I'll do it. Oh, yeah. hey. What's it worth to, Listen, hold on a minute. What's it worth to me before I make yeah. it go? Yeah. Um, yeah, goodwill and yeah. Uh, a trip to Kerry. <laughs> All expenses play trip. Johnny has just admitted it costs 20 quid and there's no electricity. we got to take a break. Laro, Dan McDonnell and Johnny Ward on Football Saturday after this. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. Congratulations to Ben Healy. Ireland's Ben Healy has won a stage on the Giro d'Italia. He's won stage eight, the 22 year old. So, fantastic day for him. He set a, an extraordinary pace on uh, the descent from. Uh, one of the categories climbs I'd, I'd love to know what, what that pace was JD because setting a, an extraordinary pace on a descent is like you know you're talking potentially 80-90 kilometres an hour um, Keen cyclist Johnny Ward here is uh, broadcaster and journalist and cyclist and cyclist yeah um, that's class like we have uh, some good cyclists Eddie Dunbar doing well as ben well Ben Healy's 22 and uh, the Giro the, the stature of that to win a stage that's incredible so congratulations to him and 22 is very very young to be a to be making it as a cyclist 11 points in the difference now between Connacht and the Stormers the Stormers 31 Connacht 20 in the URC semi-final remember it's uh, Leinster and Munster kick off at half past five full time in the Women's National League Shelburne 2 Dealer Waves nil in the League 1 playoff Bolton 1 Barnsley 1 in the Charlton Cup Cavan 1-9 Leash 1-7 goals in the Premier League to tell you about a second one for Aston Villa 2-0 against Spurs Douglas Louise with the second Fulham now 2-0 up away to Southampton Southampton are going down and Alexander Mitrich back from his break has got the goal for the Cottagers 
Man United are like the most sleepiest um, dull games I think we've we've seen here on the TV at three o'clock on the Saturday. We've had a couple of chances now to to kill the game. Um, it's been sleepy enough, but they 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 did try and sort of turn the screw and, and get a second goal. And Wolves are having a little bit of a late rally now, so it's sort of um, it's warmed up a little bit. Um, from where it was Man United won Wolves nil 18 minutes on the watch and Anthony Martial with the goal Ebrard is got two for Palace against Bournemouth they're 2-0 up Chelsea 2 Forest 2 this is a huge game because Chelsea were with goal down at Awani and then Sterling scored twice and then Awani has equalised after Leeds drew 2-0 with Newcastle earlier on just go through what happened last night in the League of Ireland before we bring Laro back into the conversation Dan so we have Rovers going top Bohemians losing yeah, um, and I suppose another story last night was Dundalk two injury time goals against Cork. Ninety four and ninety seven. Cork think. two. The last fifty minutes of that game, Cork had two players sent off and then conceded twice in injury time. Oh. It's crazy stuff. Absolutely crazy game, and I think they felt uh, they felt pretty hard done by. Um, but yeah, I suppose the big story is um, is its combination of Rovers going top and Derry winning. I mean, to be fair to Derry, it's a big win away to Bowes. Um, and it sort of it gets lost in maybe a little bit of the discussion around what well, is this it now like of, of Rovers from from the position of being in a bad place to start the season couldn't win a game to now they're top by what the middle of May um, which didn't seem to tally with their, their crisis vibe that was there they play Pats on Monday um, in Tala um, and yeah they've got a chance to drive on but I think Derry from their perspective they're, some of their injured players are coming back and I suppose the the if you want to take an optimistic slant on the possibility of there being a, a proper title race, Derry have been playing without some big names. Some of them are coming back, uh, and they might get some momentum going. But um, it is looking pretty good for Rovers, I would think. Virgin committing to showing five games between uh, five games into the future. Anyway, this season, JD starting with Charles and Pats next week. Yeah, that that's good, and uh, it's encouraging for the League of Ireland because. Um, RT, you know, shows games, but um, Virgin is is you know utterly uh, commercial in its mindset, and obviously it has to make money on Anthony it does, and because it doesn't get the license fee, and uh, it its broadcast of Bohemians uh, Shamrock Rovers um, was done, I, I, and I've done bits of work for Virgin. I don't think they'll mind me saying this. They did it in a cost efficient way. They used um, you know the, I think they used the broadcast that would have been provided on LOI TV. I think, um, but it didn't really dent the product that much, and. Um, it was encouraging that their figures were good enough. I think peak figures now might have been 70,000. I'm not sure. Like yeah, I'm not sure. I, I mentioned sort of the peak figures were good anyway and that's really encouraging. Better better than a GA match behind a paywall, but the way. Yeah, I mean, that's that issue. We've spoken a bit about it, but like you do... Then we can escape that debate, Charlie, here. When you're in the League we? of Ireland, you are like... Um, I, I'm, I think we're in the League of Ireland, everyone is blessed to have LOI TV where you can effectively watch any game for 120 quid a year. Um, but to have Virgin getting involved, um, we see in the in the horse racing uh, media at the moment where there looks like there's going to be a split between yeah, some of the courses yeah. racing TV potentially and Sky Hopefully. Sports Racing yeah. but if, if, a bit of competition for in, in terms of the League of Ireland landscape is certainly a good thing because yeah. there's very little money in it uh, streaming yeah payroll I mean, all that stuff I mean I, listen, I, thought, I thought Leo had the best contribution during the week the, the TV stations should show the most popular games it's like there you go it's, it's that easy isn't it you know 
I love I love Likely, I love I love when I love when politicians get involved in uh, in sporting. But this is an open goal for them though as well. Well, it's a great one. It's a great one to get into. But like, but, but I'm trying to talk about other things like say yeah, the bet and tax and all of this and it'd be shut down. But it's like, well, hang on. There's an issue with the uh, the this this sort of this GEA this elderly GEA fan who can't see a game that is portrayed in a particular light and it's like it's almost like there's a, a fire alarm going off both things, politicians both, both slide down the pole no no I know I know I know you have you've strong views in this as well nice but analogy it, no? but it is true though it's like oh this is it's you know the this is nothing that stirs the political classes to life than the idea of the uh, monster hurting chapter yeah exactly the, the, it's the it's these are the parish we need to satisfy but uh, any other questions about uh, funding and sport and why it's one of the lowest in Europe oh, you know it's not really as my early not, not, really not really a debate to commit to. I think the banging of the drum of the betting tax should continue absolutely I think, my, my, I think my if it's not my earliest memories one of my earliest memories was in 1987 my father and my brother going down um, into the car to drive to uh, Dublin to watch Galway and Cork in the replay in 87 and they wouldn't bring me because they felt I was too young or probably too annoying actually but uh, that was 1987 (laughs) All-Ireland final uh, sorry All-Ireland semi-final replay so you were well annoying as a kid as well (laughs) because look at you now do you know the reason they went to the game because it wasn't on TV and that was an All-Ireland semi-final replay because it wasn't Ah, on TV and now like what is what is anyone's entitlement whether he's 3 years of age or 93 years of age to be able to watch every game like effectively in the championship he doesn't have that right and I would defend the GA as long as the money's going back to good causes a paywall into every game you go to mm. yeah Laro did you I'm sure Laro before you played football um, for Ireland and for Liverpool I mean, you, I mean, you probably didn't see any games on TV uh, I was allowed to watch match of the day on a Saturday night that must have been some highlight Laro yeah highlighted highlight of the week and I always remember because obviously my dad was was an ex-player as well. So we always we had a bowl of sweets as well as when the game was on. It was it was a highlight of my year. Never mind my week. How was your dad as a player? He was my dad was a a left winger, stroke right winger. He all he ever wanted to do when he signed for Preston was get enough money or make enough money to open a shop, which he did. Um, what a romantic. But, uh, I'm 90, Sorry? That's proper romantic. I'm signing yeah, for this yeah. club, so I want to open a shop. Give me the money. Yeah, yeah. Well, in fair, in fairness to him, he had, he had a fella called Tom Finney in front of him in oh, terms yeah. of like, t- trying to get in the team. Um, and that's not my dad telling me telling me that. In fact, I met a, I met a guy yesterday. Um, he used to, My dad ended up playing for Southport in Division 3 North, obviously just, just for some money when he got his shop. Um, and I met this fella yesterday, but... I have at home, when my dad made his debut, I may have told you this before, apologise if I do. On this picture, it was a debut at White Hart Lane, obviously against Tottenham, and my dad's in the middle of the picture. There are three people in the in the picture. So my dad, Sir Tom Finney, and Sir Alf Ramsey. Oh, wow. wow. Yet another son of a professional footballer. It's just, where did we all go wrong? So here? would he have played with Alan Kelly Sr.? Would they have overlapped? No. No, no, no. No, no, no. My dad, my dad played in my, my dad played in the fifties. Oh, okay, okay, oh, different a, landscape. Uh, yeah, yeah. Alf Ramsey, yeah. Tom Finney. Because Alan Kelly has the road named after him around the Preston Ground, so that's always something. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's still. I mean, he's got he's got Stan named after him. Stan, is it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a great yeah. footprint to have there. Yeah. Well, and his 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 two sons played, didn't he? As we yeah. know. Yeah. In fact, and in fact, he's still. Uh, one still coach at uh, Everton, isn't he? That's Goal right, yeah, yeah. He is, yeah. 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 
Yeah, well, I was looking at the uh, AC Inter game during the week and I was just admiring the atmosphere, uh, Laro, just the incredible, I'd love to go to San Siro, um, and must go before it's mm. rebuilt and redeveloped into something that's sterile, like most stadiums these days. <laughs> do you, do you not, the, not the Spurs one. Yeah, the Spurs stadium yeah, has been well designed. Be pity you, the, pity you, can, the, you can make a modern stadium that's really good. The pity the product is disastrous. <laughs> um, <laughs> can you remember Laro playing in like a, an atmosphere that was just that that made you uh, remember it more than other games, or or was it more Anfield every week that you preferred? Um, Wembley. Wembley, right? Yeah, I think I think it, I think I played about ten times with different finals and twice with with Ireland. Um, and that the old when you when you came out the, the bottom end of the of the pitch you came out and you just heard this roar that you never ever heard before. Oh, um, and the, there'd be a hundred thousand people in there, so that was a big one. Um, and people forget, you know, at, at Liverpool in in the eighties, we'd only get like thirty seven, thirty eight thousand people at the game because obviously it, it was a, it's a real tough time with Toxteth riots and all those kind of things. So. Um, yeah, but, but but Wembley most definitely. Wembley was like, wow, you realise you were still living when you went out there. And away games like the Olympic Stadium in Rome, was that that was could you feel it in that yeah. Cup final? Yeah, that 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 obviously because Rome were were at home as well. But the thing about it, John, is it's 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 a massive or it was a massive stadium. I know it's still there. And a lot of the noise kind of drifted just into the the night sky, as it were. So it wasn't Everton. Everton away and Man United were were, were the biggest ones in terms of, of the league. Um, um, Everton was always well. It was just they were absolutely horrible games to play in. Um, and Man United, obviously, because basically the hatred of the two teams was still there. You can still hear that at Goodison as well. Like even on the box, you can hear yeah. it. it's a real. But I, I think we're a little we're a little lucky in in Dublin um, in the sense of Lansdowne Road and Croke Park still have really really good atmospheres. When took a long time for Lansdowne Road to get it, it. it. Like I thought, I've thought in recent games, certainly the France game, the football. I thought there was really unbelievable noise that night uh, for a game yeah. that we lost. And Croke Park All Ireland Final hurling days. I mean, I've been at games in like Turkey. Um, France, Italy, Spain, like have been an amazing atmosphere. The Croke Park and All Ireland final day is right up there. You think? Oh, I'll yeah. tell you what, I, oh, yeah. I, I, I have a theory about all this, which is that any any ground that has chimney pots around them is still the best grounds. You like Kenilworth Road then? Well yeah, 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 yeah. But honestly, seriously, I just I just think that, that when they move all these grounds to different places totally, and all totally that Totally, yeah. yeah. That was the thing about Coventry, actually, just to, to mention, because like, I, I had relations in Coventry and remember Highfield Road and they went out yeah. that 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 the place, Rico, the Rico, Rico Arena with, with Wasps, who are now, I think Wasps have gone belly up, I think, and it's just yeah. like... I, I'd never been to Highfield Road, Laura, but it was just exactly what you're saying. You're going to this, it looks lovely, but it's in the middle of nowhere. You can't really walk to it. And that was the thing, like, but for the grace of uh, whatever you believe in, Daily Mount Park was going to be gone. And I think we're so blessed that the likes of Daily Mount are still there. Because as you say, Laura, it's essentially among the houses and the red brick and the terraces and yeah. all that. Yeah. Well, Lansdowne was really good. Mm. Really, really good. Yeah. Now, the old stadiums, like, I think of like Pauk, you know, like Pauk and the. Uh, the Toomba Stadium when Shamrock Rovers played there incredible like incredible atmosphere and Partizan Belgrade as well um, Rovers played there again in 2011 there are sort of two that would sort of spring to mind very easily now they're probably they're old stadiums like they wouldn't exactly meet the sort of all the health and safety criteria everyone would like you know but it's the yeah. old sort well, of uh, the, the old bowl shaped arena 
very sort of Eastern European style, but incredible amphitheaters and like the noise yeah. is just when, uh, off the charts. When, when, when we played at Lansdowne, we asked, used to have to bribe the groundsman to cut the grass. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, seriously, Jack, Jack would take him a bottle of whiskey just, just to cut the grass because it used to be so long. I would have thought Jack wouldn't have wanted it cut, actually. There you go. Oh, well, he, want, he, he, didn't, he didn't want it 10 inches tall, though, did he? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Like it's funny. Like my 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 father would say when they were in Crow Park, and they'd literally be sitting on the high wall at the back of the hill. Like like this is be like Dan's on about safety. This is absolutely basket case. So if you fall backwards, you're dead. Like and yeah. you see the old videos where they're and you see the old videos in Daily Mount where they're up on top of the roof and all that. Like um, there were the days. Twenty six goals now for Harry Kane in the Premier League this season. A penalty spot, but too late. It seems to save Spurs two one down to Aston Villa. Chelsea two Forest two in injury time. Palace 2 Bournemouth nil. We're watching Man United against Wolves. Six minutes of injury time, 92 minutes in the watch. Anthony Martial's goal giving United a 1-0 lead over Wolves. Southampton nil, Fulham 2. Oh, we've got Sunderland and Luton kicking off a half five. That is also the time of the Leinster Munster URC semi final. And the winners will play the Stormers in the decider because Connacht have fallen short. 43 for the Stormers, 25 for Connacht in South Africa. That's what's gone on there. And we have Shelburne beating DLR Waves by two goals to nil in the Women's National League. Uh, Premier Division Kildare earlier on uh, won in the under-20 football final. They beat Sligo. Uh, that was by, was it? 117 to 12. 117 to 12. Uh, that was what happened there. If you're at nothing as well tonight, JD, these playoffs in the Championship, League One, and Salford trying to get out of League Two as well, keep us entertained. You won't be watching the Eurovision now. No, it's, you, you, you talk, you're you're probably a Eurovision fan, Laura. It's, it's in Liverpool. Laro's Laro's former former alma mater. I'm not watching. That. You, you couldn't pay me to watch that lot. I'd be the same. I, I, it was it was good back in the Johnny Logan days, and yeah, um, yeah. But it's what's not another year. What's another yeah, year? Laro. Yeah. Yeah. Hasn't been to Kerry, but he knows who Johnny Logan is. Um, yeah, yeah. Reminds, winner. reminds me of that Tom Jones anecdote he told a few weeks Yeah, well, it's not unusual. Cavan <laughs> uh, <laughs> won 10, Leash won 8 in the Charlton Cup. Uh, Bolton won, Barnsley won. Uh, I used to love the voting in the um, mm. in the Eurovision, but then they kind of the too many countries and the voting's kind of diluted. Too many countries, you know. yeah. yeah. So you, 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 prefer, the USSR. you prefer the USSR and Yugoslavia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically that's what, what you're yeah, suggesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the Greece and Cyprus thing that they always. <laughs> they weren't thinking of the Eurovision when they broke yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Remember Jack yeah. Charlton was like CIS or whatever. And he goes, I just call them the Russians. You know, <laughs> <laughs> early nineties. You know, simpler times. Two 0 to United. Garnacho off the bench uh, in injury time, and that wraps it up. So they've. Uh, enhanced their lead over Liverpool in the race for fourth so a huge huge goal uh, for them I mean they were not going to lose it were they but you never know 1-0 is always a chance um, but yeah Manchester United too and uh, arresting the slide that's been happening recently so yeah they're going to go to 66 points the same mark as Newcastle Newcastle got a better goal difference Liverpool on 62 and then you're looking at the rest really Brighton are the only team that are kind of in the mix because they've got so many games to play they're on 55 points but I think it's going to be Newcastle and Man United are going to be there in the Champions League mm-hmm. spots by the end of the season. It's a bit too much, a bit too late for Liverpool and uh, United got an easy run in as well in terms of the games they have. And uh, the ball played oh, through. It looks on side, stone, just on side. Garnacho, yeah. who came off the bench today, um, coolly finished it into the uh, corner of the net off the post. Lovely finish. He's a good uh, player. I mean, it's funny, I, I feel like Johnny making an Evan Ferguson point, but like, think about Evan Ferguson, you think, are we downplaying it or overplaying it? But like, you look at the list of Premier League teenagers this year, 
you know, and he's as good as any of them. Like Garnacho would be one. You've got you know Lewis and Bacetich. You know, you've like some youngsters on the fringes, the top clubs, but there's no one like Gavin Ferguson who's as important to his team. If you know what I mean, like as in Brighton. Is there a young player of the year? What's the age? Is there a uh, it's, it's be older than that. I'm yeah, not yeah, sure. Is it yeah. 23 or okay, something like yeah. that? Yeah, no. But in terms of teenagers, you look at the list of teenagers and you see him and you go, wow, he's could be the most influential of them. And that is that is exciting, definitely. Yeah. It's, not, it's not hype when you look at it in that context. Yeah, yeah. And when you look at him, you see, because he looks so much older. Yeah, yeah it's then. just if he can physically grow as well. Because like, 18 and a half is, you're, you're really not anywhere near at your poten- yeah. potential peak. And as I, as I said, like generally you're not expected to be playing Premier League at that level, maybe or at that age. So tomorrow's going to be good fun if he starts, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think injuries are, are crucial. For yeah, sure, and he's been good in that regard in general. Michael Owen, obviously. But, which is well, he's had two of them this year. That's the yeah. said, but he's come back from them. Such yeah. incredible talent Michael Owen was when he was young. Yeah, and, uh, injuries did him. Yeah. Really. The thing with Ferguson yeah, is Ferguson isn't that. reliant on being blisteringly fast like Owen was. Yeah, Ferguson yeah, is just—he's yeah, not yeah. amazingly quick. Good point. Good point. Laro, thanks so much for your time today. Pleasure, boys. Mind yourself. See you soon. Thank you. Mark Lawrence in there. Uh, Villa two, Spurs one. Chelsea two, Forest two. Palace two, Bournemouth nil. Man United two, Wolves nil. All approaching half time. The Chelsea game has gone full time, or full time rather, and has also finished uh, Southampton nil, Fulham two. We might have a goal for Spurs. We do according to uh, my screen here and uh, we don't know who it is but um, you might be able to tell us Dan before we need to uh, go no we don't have it in yeah, but a, a son they're suggesting son, son. well there yeah. you go subject uh, to VAR as you would say John and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a draw for the day Dan and Johnny thanks JD enjoy the green shirts uh, we got to leave it there uh, don't forget off the ball back tomorrow Joe Malloy in the chair as always on Sunday 1-7 to 7 here on News Talk we're going to showcase two live and exclusive commentaries in the Premier League the title race still alive can't wait for this Stephen Dolan and Brian Kerr providing the call in the game between Everton and Man City as the full time whistle goes at Old Trafford Man United 2 Wolves nil. then Nathan Murphy and Kenny Cunningham describing the game involving Arsenal and Brighton we'll also have reports and reaction from the GA Football Provincial Finals involving Dublin and Loud and Derry and Armagh Ross Munley and Conleth Gilligan on hand to provide expert analysis from the venues we're also going to bring you the best of the Sunday paper review be sure to tune in to Joe tomorrow at 1 if you missed any of OTB Football Saturday with Dan, Johnny and Mark Lawrenson or our Gaelic Football Chat with Eamon McGee Paddy Keenan and Peter Caffrey you can find the podcast on the Off the Ball section of the Go Loud Network or be sure to listen back wherever you get your pods thank you so much for listening to us on your radio across the country here on News Talk today have a great evening evening, folks and uh, we'll speak tomorrow at 1 bye bye